It's the Perry and Shauna podcast on the real life journey with you, reminding you that you are Abba's beloved child and that Jesus has called you into his massive mission to heal the world. A couple of days ago, I was together with other believers. We were reading scripture. We were praying. We were worshiping together and looking at Revelation, mm. Revelation 2, to, church, to the church in Ephesus. And, you know, the Lord is saying, I've seen your hard work. I've seen your perseverance. I've seen your discernment. I've seen as a church what you're doing. Love it. Mm-hmm. And then... <laughs> And then, but this, I hold, yet I hold this against you. Mm. You have forsaken the love that you had at first. Mm. So somewhere along there, the fire that burned for Jesus that started it all, the reason for the hard work, the perseverance, the discernment, the, all of that got lost in the shuffle. Yeah. And we as a, as a church were, you know, to come together and asking God to, to fan the flame of that first love once again. And there was a new believer among us who said, you know, basically in a nutshell, I'm going to summarize, like, I don't know what you guys are talking about because I'm like so in the fire of the first love. Mm. I can't yeah. imagine the first love ever waning. He said, I'm sitting in the place right now where I just don't want to do, I don't want to mess it up. I don't want to lose what I'm feeling right now. I, I feel the nearness of the Lord. I feel the love of the Lord. I'm experiencing a joy that's coming from the Lord, and I just don't want to mess it up. Mm-hmm. I just want to stay in this place. And it did something for my heart to hear a new believer yeah. speak mm-hmm. of first love, not in the past tense. Yeah. But from present tense, that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, yeah. I lost my first love last year. I lost it. Yeah? Yeah, I did. You look surprised because I've talked about... Well, I am surprised. No, I know that there was... I know a little bit about that journey for you, but not from this angle. I guess I haven't heard you say it. Yeah, Yeah, I think that, that that would describe it well. And so it was just finding in my heart that that recording music had become my first love, my precious. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I, so I took, I just said, Lord, I'm sorry. You know, and I, I just said, uh, I got to lay this down. I didn't want to lay it down, but I laid it down and it was six months of God resetting my heart. And he's, he's put the flame back in me. He never, never kicked me out of his family, never kicked me out, but he did a, deeper work in my heart and i i'm so grateful Mm. yeah yeah this is today's valentine's day and i know when we hear the word valentine's day we immediately think romantic love but the origin of valentine's day is not romantic love it's god love it's god's love and and i think that i don't know that there's a more perfect day than today to ask god to fan the flame of our first love that we might be back in that place that the fire would burn. Do it for us today, Lord. We love you. I can be so quick to call someone out when they say something mean to me, or if I don't say anything uh, when I'm offended, I'll, I'll hold a grudge in my mm. heart. But check this out from Proverbs 1911, 
A person with good sense is patient, and it is to their credit that they overlook an offense. Or 1 Corinthians 13, 5, love is not irritable or touchy. It does not hold grudges and will hardly even notice when others do it wrong. Wow. Is that the message translation by any chance? I think it's, it could be the living Bible. I can't remember. That's really, really good. I love how that's worded. Yeah. Hardly even notice when others do it wrong. Hmm. How does that even happen? (laughs) (laughs) That's a different universe than the one that we live in. Man, I want to be like that. Yeah, for sure. Lord, help me be like that. Pray for me that I'll be like that. Our friend Kristen texted us yesterday and shared this story. She says, my husband, Jerome, her dear Jerome, who's now with Jesus Mm -hmm. within the last year, a pastor of 30 years, struggled with addictions before he met Jesus. Then just into his new life in Christ, he was talking with three or four other guys, and there was a young man there who wasn't yet a Jesus follower. And while they were talking, Jerome noticed the young man pull his hand out of his pocket, and when he did, a joint fell out. We're talking like a a reefer, you know? (laughs) Okay. I guess that's what you call call him. So anyway, the person standing next to this young guy, a pastor, also saw it and moved his foot nonchalantly on top of the joint. Mm. And he kept his foot there until it was just he and the young man who had dropped the joint. Later, Jerome asked the pastor why he did that. And the pastor said, sometimes we need to cover each other as Christ covers us so that person can experience grace in a tangible way. The pastor didn't want to call him out in front of everybody, so he covered him. That's really such a beautiful story. Talking about Valentine's Day and love. Yeah, no kidding, right? Just like, I will, I, we don't, <laughs> I don't know what that was all about, but yeah, we don't need to draw attention to that. We don't need to, you know, we, we don't need, nobody else needs to know. Yeah, not be nitpicky mm-hmm. about people, but, but cover over a wrong I can't count the times that Jesus has covered my sins. In fact, he's covered all of my sins. Mm-hmm. He's he's put his he's moved his foot nonchalantly over every <laughs> single one of my sins and covered them up. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's so beautiful the love of Christ. In love, he's confronted me with my sins, but never for the whole wide world to see. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. Truth in love. So, yeah, go ahead. I think that um, I read the text from from this listener, and later the pastor did have a conversation with the young guy. Yes. One-on-one. Right. But it was just not done in front of anybody else. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it's just a beautiful example of what it is to love one another. Yeah. Can Can we be like that on today? Fill us with the Holy Spirit to be like that today. When we lead with grace... Listen, when we lead with grace, we'll change our world. Mm. We will. We can today. Guess what day it is? It's Valentine's Day. It's it also is. Wednesday. It's, it's Valentine's Day. It's Wednesday. It's also Ash Wednesday. 
So it kicks off Lent. Yeah. 40 days of Lent, 40 days of preparing our hearts to celebrate the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So yeah, Ash Wednesday. And you might see people today walking around with just a mark of ashes on their forehead, like in the shape of a cross. Mm -hmm. And the ashes, if if you're not familiar with this practice, the ashes are just a reminder of our mortality and just a sign of repenting and turning to God mm-hmm. from our sin, turning away from our sin and turning to God. And in yep. the Catholic Church, when the priest puts the ashes on your forehead, he may say to you, remember that you are dust and unto dust you shall return. Or he might say, repent and believe in the gospel. Wow, that is just so beautiful. I mean, Beautiful. Yeah. And the ashes themselves, if you're curious where those are coming from, they take the palm branches from the previous year's Palm Sunday mm. and they burn the palm branches. And that's what the ashes are from. Oh, wow. It's, it's, it's deeply significant. It's really, really beautiful. Yeah, it is. So whether you're, if you're Catholic, you know all these things. But if you're not Catholic, all of these things apply to us, right? As Christ followers, sure. this is very, this is not just a Catholic, um, it's a Catholic practice maybe, but... But I, there's something for us, for all we of us. We are it? the body of Christ. We are, we are. Every single person who names the name of Jesus and knows and loves and trusts him, we are one body. There's no there's no division Nope. in the body. Unified. There we go. God's unified testimony of his living grace. And in some of the Christian traditions, maybe you've heard of people like, you're like, oh yeah, I've heard about Lent. When you talk about Lent and Ash Wednesday kicking off Lent. Um, and I know people who will give stuff up, like maybe, you know, you give up chocolate for the 40 days. Or I mentioned last week, I think I mentioned last week, giving up coffee. I'm not doing that. Me either. <laughs> but the the point is, Let well, actually, before actually, yeah, he's sipping on his coffee right now. <laughs> his little <sighs> caffeine IV going down over there. Yeah. But some people will give up. Maybe you've heard of um, Fat Tuesday, which would have been yesterday because... Lent is yeah. a season of giving Chow. things up. So like on Tuesday, you just got to have Chow all the down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the, the whole idea of like fasting during, during Lent, that's not something that's forced upon us, but it's a choice that we make. And you don't even have to tell anybody if you want to do it, if yeah. you want to participate. And it's not to, to earn points with God or get God to love us more. It's just a way of identifying with the the Jesus we love, the Jesus who gave his life for us. Yeah. It's it's kind of a way of saying, you're more important to me than anything else on planet Earth. And so the anything else is you might give up, I don't know, social media or television or screens. Wouldn't that be wild? Or maybe it is chocolate. Maybe it is fatty foods. I don't know. Whatever it is for you, but or coffee, <laughs> if you're really, really holy. <laughs> but, yeah. but the thing that... <laughs> You know, it, it's it's just a, a small reminder. It's just a small sacrifice of the great sacrifice mm-hmm. that Jesus made for us in a way of saying, I want to put you first in my life. And so every time you think of, well, every time you you realize you've given something up, you can say, thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for, and I love you, Lord, yeah. because you first loved me. And how perfect that the first day of Lent is also Valentine's Day. Yeah. That's just it a is. sweet thing, right? Yep. I mean, this day that is was originally meant to remind us of our love for God. It wasn't originally a romantic holiday at all. It's kind of turned into that as far as marketing and culture. But I my prayer for you as we kick off Lent, as we experience Ash Wednesday 
And as we walk through Valentine's Day today, is that every heart that you see would just be a reminder of God's incredible, incredible love for you. And however you choose to or choose not to participate in Lent over the next 40 days leading up to Easter, of you know, celebrating God's love for us and the price that Jesus paid to cleanse us, cleanse us of our sins and to make a way for us to live loved our whole life, I just pray that you experience the love of Christ in it. You know, when I went to the rec center in Sheboygan to play some hoops, April of 1979, back in the disco era, I was not looking for Jesus. <laughs> I got the image. I got it. I got the disco. I got yeah. I got you going to the gym. I got the tube socks pulled up really high, yep. all the way up to the knees. Yep. Maybe Head, some Chuck Taylors. Headband. Short shorts. Yeah. Fitted jersey. Yep. yep. Those are the days, man. Did you have those terry cloth, um, you know, the sweatband? Yeah, <laughs> the yeah. Wrist sweatbands. And back when the guys played s- shirts and skins. <laughs> there you go. And that that's that's just a weird thing to do today. Really? It doesn't yeah. happen anymore? No guys Interesting. play shirts and skins. <laughs> so anyway, I wasn't looking for Jesus when I went there. That was the last thing on my mind. I was just looking to work on my game because I had a tryout coming at Lake Superior State University. They had shown a little bit of interest, and I was going to get to go up there and hoop it up up there. So that was why I went, And but Jesus came looking for me mm-hmm. that night. Sally Lloyd-Jones writes in Thoughts to Make Your Heart Sing, if you think a sheep is hopeless about finding its way home, think about a coin. <laughs> Jesus told a story of a woman who lost a coin and turned her entire house upside down to find it. I'm sure you've read this story. The coin was at the mercy of the woman. It couldn't do anything. It couldn't yell, here I am. Of course not. That's crazy talk. The Bible wants us to know that we are as helpless as a coin that's lost. (laughs) Whoa. Yeah. That's really, really good. (laughs) Sally Lloyd-Jones for the win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we tend to think, you know, well... It was in, you know, 1974 that I found God. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. If we find God, it's because he found us first. Yeah, that's it. It's because he opened up our hearts to him so we could believe in him. Because it's not about us doing something to find God. It's about God who's done everything to find us. Check out these these passages. Ephesians 1, 4. "Even, Even before God made the world... He loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Mm-hmm. Even before God made the world. Mm-hmm. And in John 15, 16, Jesus says, you didn't choose me. Remember, I chose you and put you in the world to bear fruit. I put you in the world, Jesus says, to bring flourishing mm-hmm. to the world. He chose us for that. Then Jeremiah 1, 5 God says to Jeremiah, but I think it's definitely a principle that's throughout the whole scripture for you and me. Before you were formed in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. We're in God's forever family because he chose us. And how, how does that make you feel that you've been chosen before the world began? It makes me feel like God was incredibly intentional about me. And he still is. Mm-hmm. 
that it's not by some accident that I am in the family of God. Mm -hmm. It makes me feel loved, wanted, seen, noticed, purposeful, Mm -hmm. all the things. So it's really, really good. It's so good. And I agree. But I know people, I have a really close friend who this idea of God choosing is frightening to him because he doesn't feel doesn't feel that he's chosen. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's a scary thing for him. Yeah. So with that said, that God chose us doesn't mean that some have no hope of being in God's family because they're not chosen. Because you have Jesus saying stuff like this, mm-hmm. Revelation twenty two seventeen, the spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty come. And let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water mm. of life. Okay, so I just, it, it, I, as you're talking about this, what I'm seeing is the God choosing us first and then us having the choice to either say yes to him or say no to him mm-hmm. is I'm just picturing a proposal, right? Mm-hmm. Like God's already down on one knee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's chosen us. And it's just up to us to, to either say yes or no to, to what he's proposing. And what he's proposing is I'll take all of your sin as if it was mine. Mm-hmm. And, and I will walk in love relationship with you in this life and in the next forever mm-hmm. and ever and ever. Will yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that is a beautiful picture of, of what's going on in the scripture, but it does seem to be, you know, two truths that apparently contradict each other mm-hmm. that God chose us before time began, but that he also gives us an opportunity to choose. Um, so, yeah, there's two things going on there. Oh, also, God so loved the world that whoever would believe. Whoever. God chose us before the beginning of time, but whoever believes. Those two things are intention. Mm-hmm. Do, do you see how they can be intention? Yeah, and I'd love to hear <laughs> what your thoughts are on this. Of course, Perry and I are sharing our thoughts with you and with one another, but we'd love to hear mm-hmm. what your thoughts are on this. And not for the sake of theological debate, but I want to know how this has impacted your heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he has chosen us to be in his family and he holds the door open to all. Some try to resolve the tension, but I'm content to live with mm. it because God's thoughts are way higher than mine. Now, if I could figure this out, and a lot of people have, quote unquote, figured it out. What is the quote unquote? <laughs> you mean like they've settled into a pocket? Yes. Okay. Yes. There, there is a way to resolve this sure. tension. Sure. But it's not satisfying to me mm-hmm. personally. Here's the thing. I, I love learning. I love getting answers. I'm not opposed to getting answers in any way, shape, or form. But I don't ever want to put finding the answer above finding Jesus. So I'm just going to keep pressing into Him. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to live with the mystery because I love the fact that God is way, 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 way bigger. And even if two truths seem to contradict one another in the mind of God, they don't contradict each other at all. Yeah. I think, I mean, it's kind of like, is the sky blue or is the sky large? (laughs) Yes. Right. Right. 
did God choose us or did we choose God in the sense of receiving, mm. accepting to receive his love? Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, but, the, okay, we're talking, kind of getting into theological water here and all that stuff. And it gets a bit, you know, I guess, heady or propositional, sure. if you want to say. But this I do know about this tension. If you've been blessed to be in God's family, if you've been blessed to walk with God in the cool of the day, shout for joy. But after you're done shouting, remember this, that you've been chosen and blessed to be a blessing. You've been loved to share his love. great conversation over the weekend. I had the privilege of sharing the word of God. And afterwards, a young man approached me and he just said, I cannot wait to do what you just did. I want to do what you do. And I was like, what do you mean? And he said, I want to, I want to preach the word of God. I want to speak the word of God and tell the truth. And I want to, I want to study scripture and I want to understand what God is saying. And I want to, Mm. I want to tell people about it. This is a 19-year-old? 19-year-old fella. Yeah, I think right around there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we talk about, oh, this next generation, this Gen Z, first post-Christian generation. Everything's going down, down, down. No, no, the Lord, the Lord is always raising up people. Yeah. And always bringing people from every generation into his family. So I'm encouraged by this. I Just real quick. I don't want to steal your thunder here, but I got an email from a from a guy who saw my Crashed Into Grace video, that song, and um, he just said, you know, I love your song and, and I struggle with, you know, my salvation, the assurance of my salvation and such. And so I emailed back and forth a little bit and then I felt like I needed to actually have a conversation with him. Yeah. Turns out this guy is a freshman in high school. A freshman in high school. Yeah, that's awesome. That was reached by my song. And here I am into the fourth quarter of my life. Mm-hmm. And there's this, you know, people are hungry for for Jesus. Yeah. For the gospel. Yeah. Yeah, that's so cool. And that guy wanting to preach the gospel. That's amazing. Yeah, it was really cool. And so as he articulated that all of that to me, I just said, hey, can I pray for you? And it was just one of those moments where I felt like God was just giving me words in the prayer. And what what was on my heart was that he would have such a desire to seek God in the secret place that all that would need to happen in the secret place would happen in his life mm-hmm. to bring him to a place of maturity and that his character would always be what his character needed to be to be someone who could boldly proclaim the gospel from mm-hmm. platform, mm-hmm. like all those kinds of things. And yeah, I just, I think it was an opportunity to fan that into flame. And it just makes me wonder who in your life, you know, who, who is the next generation that you're seeing in them giftedness you're seeing in them, or maybe they're even expressing to you. I have a desire to step into this. Are you taking advantage of the opportunity to encourage them towards it? Yeah. And and not just say, hey, yeah, man, you know, you go, go get them. Yeah. But to 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 have a conversation about the work that happens as we walk into what God's calling us to. Yeah, it, this is what Paul did for for his young protege Timothy. 
he cheered him on. He, he encouraged him. He wrote a letter to him. He said, you know, I know you have a sincere faith like your mother and grandmother. And that's why I just want to urge you, Timothy, to fan into flame the gift that God has given you when I laid my hands on you. And, Mm. and Timothy, I know you're a bit timid and I know you're a bit nervous because you're so young, but God has not given you a spirit of fear or of timidity, but a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. So Paul was very intentional and very much walking with Timothy and cheering him on, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and I think a good message too, is that, you know what, you don't have to be, you don't have to be, and you can't be perfect. Don't, I, I remember one of my first mentors, you know, I was saying, I have wrong motives in my heart. You know, I, my motives aren't pure. And he said, if you're going to, if you're going to wait for your motives to be pure, to get into ministry, then you're going to be waiting all your life. Mm. And so he just encouraged me in that. He wasn't say don't, he wasn't saying don't have pure motives. Obviously bring that to God, let him work in your heart. But he was just saying, go man, go, Yeah. go man, go. I think we need more of that. Yeah. Go man, go. Go, young lady, go. Like, keep pursuing Jesus and keep experiencing all that he has for you and step into it. I think that our voices matter. Yeah. I just feel like there is a really young person listening right now. And we just want to encourage you. God sees you. God knows you. God loves you. God wants you in in his family if you're not in his family. But if you know that God loves you and, and you're in his family, he has uniquely... There's no one else like you. You might think that you're just not enough, but there's no one else like mm-hmm. you. And and the Lord Jesus is just calling you out in a good way and just saying, I believe in you. And you can become everything that I've destined you to be. So follow me. I just believe God is, is saying that. Yeah. And from 1 Timothy 4.12, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in Mm. faith, Mm. and in purity. Happy Valentine's Day to you. Hey, same to you. Do you remember Valentine's Day as a kid when you were in school? Oh, yeah. We, okay, I don't know how they do it today, but... Back in the day, back when the dinosaurs were roaming the earth, we took shoeboxes to school with us and then we would decorate them. There would be like pink construction paper and red construction paper, stickers, hearts, all kinds of things. You could get as creative as you wanted to and you would decorate this shoebox and then you had to cut like a slit in the oh, top yeah. of the box. <laughs> you I remember, remember this? this? Yeah, so the other kids could put their valentines to you in that box and you'd want to put your name on the box so everybody knew that that was your box, right? Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. I grew up in a time back in the day where you didn't have to give a valentines card day to everybody in the class. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Like some kids got them and some kids didn't. And I just, hmm. you're, it wasn't like that for you? I can't remember. Okay, can't maybe remember. it was how we did it in Southern California. I don't know. But like we were not all expected to give everyone certain a Valentine. People. Yeah, it might have been certain people. Here's the thing. The thing that came along with that then was every Valentine's Day, I was so excited because, you know, I knew there was going to be cookies and cupcakes and a party and that was fun. But I also feel felt super stressed and freaked out about, oh, no. What if I don't get any Valentines? Mm. What if I bring my box home empty? 
Yeah. So as a as a kid, Valentine's Day was like super anxiety inducing for me. It totally made me feel more insecure than it made me feel loved. I can get that. Yeah. But fast forward to Valentine's Day as an adult. It still can be pretty stressful. <laughs> if you're in a relationship, then you got to figure out what do you got to give the person you're in a relationship with? You know, it kind of depends on where you are at the stage of the relationship. Like, I feel like I should give something, but I don't want to give too much. The pressure is on for me because, you know, uh, Teresa has an expectation that Valentine's is, you know, it's it's not a huge, huge thing, but it's really important. Mm-hmm. And so the pressure is on. I, I got to I gotta get to the store and I got to get a, a card and a, and a chocolate kiss for her. Right. Right. And I mean, so there is the stress if you're in a relationship of how to navigate Valentine's Day. But if you're not in a relationship, I feel like Valentine's Day just makes you feel like you're the only one on planet Earth who's alone right now. Right. It it yep. totally accentuates it. You feel like everyone else is out to dinner tonight. Every other woman is getting flowers. Like, yeah, I, I think it just makes us feel that way. But the truth of the matter is. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, 46.4% of U.S. adults are single. Wow. So almost half the adult population is not in a relationship. Can I fact check you? Sure, go for it. All right. I'm feeling confident. (laughs) Sounds like you did your homework. I did not make this up. All right, that's amazing. Right? And so we, I don't know, I just feel like there's so much stress around Valentine's Day, whether you're in a relationship or not in a relationship. And if we go back to the origin of Valentine's Day, we've made it all about romance today and marketing you know they're making big bucks making it about romance Mm -hmm. but there there's a few legends about saint valentine but one of them is that he's a roman priest who would marry soldiers during a time when it was illegal to marry soldiers because they thought they were better fighters if they were not in a relationship Ah. so that then there was this you know it became illegal well he thought that was all just a bunch of hoo-ha he's like "Mm -mm, no i'm gonna keep marrying people so he had to kind of secretly identify himself as the priest who would marry. And so he wore a ring that had a Cupid on it. So you can okay. see the connection there. Yeah. His name is St. Valentine, St. Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. Cupid, the ring. But here's the thing. Here's the thing that really got me. He would hand out paper hearts to people. He was just known for doing that as a reminder of their love for God. Hmm. That's where the Valentines came from. The Valentines that I freaked out about whether they're going to be dropped in my box as a kid or not, the Valentines that we freak out about what we're supposed to give and what we're supposed to do as adults was originally meant to remind us of our love for God. Hmm. I feel like we got something mixed up along the way, but it's all about God love. Yep. It's not, it didn't originate being about romance love. And 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 God love reminds me that I'm a part of something way bigger than myself. It's not just that, it, first of all, and let's not minimize this, God's love is complete. God's love is perfect. And he loves you right now as much as he ever has and as much as he ever will. He, he loves you perfectly and he loves you purely. So I feel like Valentine's Day should be a reminder of how loved you are, whether you're in a relationship or not in a relationship. You are so perfectly loved at this moment, but also that, it, that we're a part of something bigger than ourselves. As Being loved by God means we're a part of the family of God. So it certainly shouldn't highlight that we're alone. That's for sure. You're, you're not alone. Whether you're in a relationship or not, you are not alone. You're not in a season of waiting for your life to start and while you walk through this singleness that you're in. You are loved. You are in a relationship. You're in a relationship with God, and he loves you so perfectly. 
He loves you in a way that nobody else is capable of loving you. And I just, my prayer for you today, this Valentine's Day, is that every single heart that you see would remind you of your love for God and, pair dog, of God's love for you. Happy Valentine's Day. Thanks for letting Barry and Shauna walk the real life journey with you. The content from the Barry and Shauna podcast comes from their live show, Barry and Shauna Mornings on 89.3 Moody Radio, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Reach out to us by texting 800-968-8930 and please subscribe.